Welcome back to the No New Friends podcast. I am your host, Sylvia Costa, and I'm joined with a very good friend of mine today, Miss Angela Britu Baldwin. And I wanted to have you on this podcast, first and foremost, because I said, hey, are you coming on my show? Because I need a strong female already. And I was like, (laughs) and so, you know, that I started this podcast because I have had a lot of failed friendships in my life. And I've grown a lot. I'm a mom now, and we've grown a lot. We know a lot about one another. And I think that we are the true definition of truly strong females. Amen. (laughs) And we have done the work on ourselves. We've come a long way. Still working on ourselves. And I think you and I have a good perception of who we have become. I think so, too. And with that has come a lot of hard times. And a lot of ups and downs. So I just want to share with you guys um, that even though someone like Angela and I can be in the limelight and look like we have it all together, (laughs) we totally do not. (laughs) Um, So sometimes with social media, sometimes we can look a certain way, but... Even those singing on a stage, looking beautiful and happy and singing joyful songs does not mean that it is truly what's going on on the inside. That is absolutely true. So, um, I'm happy to be here. It's a little different today. Same. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm really, really proud of what you're doing. This, this is Thank really you. important. I'm so proud of how vulnerable and how honest and how deep you're willing to go to, to um, encourage other people to do the same. And... I know that it's really hard to look at your own insecurities and your own vulnerabilities, but the fact that you're putting it out there, and I'm the older cousin, I feel like, I'm, yeah. just, I'm so proud of you, and thank you for having me, and it's, I think it's important that a lot more people get the opportunity to share, and um, thank you for coming on and sharing, because it takes a lot also for the guests to come in here and, and decide to do this, but I'm happy that you're here and we get to talk. I love this. it. We are very similar, <laughs> so you got to learn that. For those of you guys just listening along, um, we are actually in the comfort of Angela's home. She invited me so graciously, and we are, Angela's drinking a Coca-Cola, because that's who I am, <laughs> and I'm drinking out of this beautiful cup that says Soldado on it, and we're just comfy. We're in our blankets. We're going to have a girl chat, and we're just going to talk about the highs and lows and how we've come. We've also um, been courageous enough to admit Growing up from in a Portuguese family, we admit that we go to therapy and we're damn proud of it. <laughs> therapy changed my life, and Dr. Lando is my best friend. I absolutely adore my therapist, and I think that more people should have the opportunity to be able to talk and express themselves and work through feelings and work through emotions with zero judgment and with professional help letting you know that the way that you're feeling is valid. The things that you're thinking are valid, that you're not weird, you're not... Um, you're not doing things wrong by processing things the way that you're processing things. And it feels really good to be um, supported with somebody who can say you're doing the right thing by being in therapy. And I wish more people had the opportunity to do that. I agree with you. When was the first time you remember being in therapy? Um, My dad died when I was seven years old in an accident at work. And my mom went to something called the Widow's Network. And the Widows Network was an organization that they did social events and had meetings and helped. And I guess they had like group counseling sessions to help widows of recent widows get through with people who had the same experiences. And they would put the kids all together as well. And I think through that, I went through some therapy. A lot of my memories back then are very black and very dark and very, I guess it's my own mind's way of shutting things out from back then. Coping mechanism. Oh, definitely. I don't remember very, very, very clearly, but I do remember seeing a therapist a couple of times. I remember what the room looked like, kind of. Don't remember what they talked about, but I remember it being very brief and with no explanation suddenly being taken out of that therapy. Continuing with the group things with the kids through the Widows Network, um, but not going to therapy anymore. Um, When I turned 20 is when I had my like realization by moment that I 
Um, you know, maybe we'll talk about that another day. But I ended up back in therapy again. And at the time, Kaiser was only offering five individual and mentoring um, therapy sessions at a time. And when I got done with my five, you had to wait a certain amount of time before you could have more individual therapy. And they were pushing you into group settings. And I did my five individual therapy sessions. I thought they were great. Um, and then they pushed me into group. And when I got into group therapy, I really, really struggled. I went twice at two different times because I didn't feel like my problems and my reasons for being there were as valid as the other people's. When I sat across from a woman whose husband was abusing her and she was living this, yeah. she had no money, she was trying to escape this horrible life, and I just felt like, okay, well, I'm just horribly depressed, and I have panic attacks in the middle of the night, and um, I don't know why, and I'm here because I can't have individual therapy. I felt like when I spoke up and it was my turn that, why am I here? Yeah. My problems are not nearly as important as hers. Let her talk. Um... And so that drove me away. And I had to wait such a long amount of time. I think it was like nine months to a year that you had to wait before you could have more individual sessions. It kind of just fell off. Yeah. Um, and then I went back about, I don't know, I think it was like seven or eight years ago. Um, and I haven't stopped. And my therapist is just the best thing that's ever happened to me. He looks like... Um, Lando Calrissian from the original Star Wars movies, and so I call him Dr. Lando, and he is just tickled that I call him Dr. Lando, but he has, um, he's the complete opposite of me. I talk fast, I jump from topic to topic, I have like a list of things that I want to tell him all about, he has to like rein me in, so let's, let's slow that down, and he talks very slowly, and he's very calm, and he's very meticulous, and he asks very poignant and good questions, and makes me think about things in ways that my mind doesn't allow me to think that way. Um, and so with him and the combination of being diagnosed and, and, and learning that, you know, sometimes when you're, not everything is firing at the same time yeah. and not everything is receiving at the same time and sometimes you need help for that to happen. Yeah. Um, and so with the combination of that, I've learned that therapy has, is it, it I don't need to be all dramatic. Therapy saved my life. No, but therapy really, really helped me become who I am, know who I am, be confident in who I am, and be okay with who I am. That's important. It's so important. I think the first time that I ever went into, like, a therapy, I was a teenager, and I was very rebellious. Weren't we all? <laughs> I admit it, Mommy. Our mics. I was <laughs> Our moms are very similar, too, which is probably why we're so similar as well. But, yeah, our poor moms, we were very re rebellious kids, and I think I was just getting bad grades. I never wanted to be home. And she's like, this girl has some problems. And she took me to, like, this... It was called Axis Community. It was for kids. It was some type of outlet for kids. And I was such a brat. And I showed up with my makeup caboodle. And the lady was talking and I was doing my makeup the entire time. I'm like, I don't have a problem. I'm not going to listen to this lady. She's not going to tell me anything I need to know. And then I went to dance practice after. <laughs> and that was the only time you And left. my mom was just like this little shit. Like, I'm not going to waste my money doing this if this is how she's going to be. And that was the end of that. How old were you? I was in high school at some point. I think, I think maybe went twice. Maybe. Maybe went twice. So that was like my first experience with that, but I was so like, I don't need help. I was defiant. You know, we thought we knew everything when we were teenagers. Yeah, and then when I got into my 20s, then I really thought I knew who I was. And that was the most lost years of my life. Isn't that crazy? It's so crazy. You live so, and you learn. You're so confident in everything that you're doing and that you're making the right decision. And then you look back and you're like, Jesus. No. Was, what but it was molded happening? me into who I am. Oh, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm thankful for everything that I've gone through. Everything that was horrible, everything that was fantastic yeah. because it, it brought me to who I am today. I've been, I have... I've been blessed with some incredible experiences in my life, but I've also been, you know dealt some not so great blows that they're that are not fair yeah but you find balance and you do so angela and i have known each other since i was a horn i was gonna say you hate when i say these types of things because it makes you feel old which you are not old, old but you are 
I will have like you've probably known me since I was in diapers, but like my first memory of you is you being on stage, which is when you were also still almost in diapers too. Yeah, I was. And you were just somebody that I looked up to so much, and you hate when I say this, but I literally would look at you on stage as a little girl and say, I want to be that. I want to be on stage like her. Do you know how crazy that is? Because <laughs> it's I, so true. Because my person was Anna Maria. Aww. Anna Maria and Tony Perez. I wanted to be like her. The very first thing She's that I did singer. when I when we were in the band, I got the same microphone as she did, Aww. and I, that she had, and I got a cabasa. Nobody knew what a cabasa was. Anamaria was the only person on the planet that I knew that knew what a cabasa was and held one when she played. She didn't play a tambourine. She didn't play maracas. She had a cabasa. I didn't know what it was, but she had one, and I needed to have one. And since my very, very first performance on stage in a band, all the way through my last day with Rasa, my cabasa was with me, and it was because of her. I would sit at the edge of the stage and just, I want to be her. I would sing the songs that she sang. So to hear you say that just tricks me out because sometimes you forget that you're doing the thing that you dreamt about doing when you were little. Mm-hmm. Like, I wanted to be an Amidia, and then when I was 12 years old, I got a chance to be in a band, and then I was in another band, and then I was in another band. And sometimes you forget that you get to do the things that you dreamt about doing when you were little. You too. You I looked know. at me, but you were in a band, and then you were in another band. <laughs> And you and got, got to, to do it. Fathers, and then you got to see Father's. We got to do it together. <laughs> I mean, but doesn't it blow your mind? It's so crazy how life takes us twists and, twists and turns. So my cousins and your cousins, your first cousins, my first cousins, were in a band, and Angela got to be the singer. And I got to watch, and our families were somewhat always intertwined because wherever the bands would play was what we did on the weekends. But then the, our parents were like friends, too, and everybody knew each other. Yeah. So... I call her mom mine, which is mom in Portuguese, and she calls my mom mine, which is mom in Portuguese. So we're very, we're very close, and I'm very glad that we've had, we got to experience a lot of the same things together. We're both in bands, and then you got to release an amazing album. Like I'm serious, I'm not just saying that, Angela. To this day, I still play it. Like it has one of those albums you can play from start to finish, and you cannot do that with a lot of albums. I love that. Thank you. Seriously, it's. So good. So well done. Props to the whole production of that. It's I love that. so well done. Thank you. Um, and then you invited me to sing at your show yeah. when you had your opening for the CD, for your CD release party, and that was really special, too. My, um, you know, releasing my I used to joke, when back then, I never thought I would get married. So my CD release party was the wedding reception I was never going to get to have. Oh, yeah, I remember you saying that. I was telling everybody that. My wedding reception is going to be a party. Oops, I mean my CD release is going to be a party. So I have a hair stuck to my lip, and I'm sorry for video people, but I keep touching my lip. Audio people, you don't see it. You're lucky. Um, But I wanted it to be a party, and I wanted it to be a show with the people that I love to hear sing. And I have so many friends now that sing Fadu. It's like, I'm really lucky. I have just a shh. Can I say shit ton? I have, a, I have a shit ton of talented friends. I can list all my band friends that can play any instrument that you could pick up. I can list all my singer friends that can sing any song that you throw at them. I mean, I've got, like, talented friends. And that night, I got to pick, like, they didn't let me pick all the ones that I wanted because otherwise the show would be too long. But yeah. I got to pick the people that were singing with me at the time, that we were having, like, a great time. Crystal, Sandra, you, David... Kevin came and played um, that was right. the the cajon because he did it on the album, um, and then my cousins played played a song as well, and we had so much fun. And my night was not just about me. I wanted to showcase my friends, and I told them pick your favorite songs, pick the ones that you do the best, mm-hmm. and you had put it on a show. Yeah, <laughs> you were thing. You remember when the screen fell on oh your head when you God. were performing? Like you were a fucking rock star and you just kept singing like it didn't happen. That is like a highlight. Like so one would say that is like the tragedy of their singing career. I'd never seen. No, you're laughing that. in the background, but also you fucking crushed it because you did not skip a beat. I don't know what happened. Like I, I just saw other people's reaction going. Well, oh, because like, the whole thing went. Ah! Yeah, the whole... Was it a light or a screen? It was a screen. Oh, that you were playing, like, your slideshow from, and you guys just pushed it to the side. And while I'm singing, 
It falls on you. It falls on me. But and you the don't entire even, audience reacts. And you don't skip a beat. Like you it was like nothing was happening around you. You just kept like perfect. Hit the next lyric. Like where stuff falls on my head. Um this is the first time I'm ever singing Father in public and uh, I think God's giving me a sign. Oh my god, it was so good though. Thank God. That was so crazy. That was a great night. My album was um that's another thing. Like you you sometimes you don't let allow yourself to appreciate things that you've done. Like I don't think about it. I don't but I'm I should be prouder of it. Oh, how do I explain it? You have a hard time being proud of yourself, Angela. I really do. And I don't it, it comes at a detriment. Like I don't ever want to say that I'm good because then I'm going to stop. Try, I'm going to cry. I'm going to stop trying to be better. I'm never good enough in my mind. And my album is the epitome of everything I ever wanted to do. It was my dream come true. I got, I mean, I got recognized by the freaking Grammys. They, yes, and it's like huge. But I can still do more. And I still want to you do can. more. And I can still, and for me, it's never enough. And sometimes I have to like stop and be like, bitch. Fucking appreciate what you've already done. Give yourself credit for something you've already done and be happy with what you've already done before you're upset with yourself about not doing more. You need to know something. And you know I'm not a liar and I'm very honest. I have never heard anyone say anything bad about you, how you look, how you sing, how you present yourself on stage. I can't believe that. You know what I hear? I swear I put this on everything in my life. You know what I hear? Okay, Angela, she's so funny. Oh, well, I am hilarious. You're hilarious. That is like... That is literally the best thing about you. Is you're I so try. freaking naturally funny. You're beautiful. Oh, shut up. And the way you present yourself, you just are having so much fun on stage because you love it. And you really show that when you perform. And that has taken so many years because if you find me on stage anywhere from the age of 12 until I'm 20-something, I am, I have no problem singing any song you put in front of me. I will be, I'll perform it, I'll feel it, I will be emphatic as it's coming out. But in between, when you ask me to speak, <laughs> that those are my words. And all of a sudden, I don't know how to be on stage. But I don't know how to act. I'm embarrassed. I, my cousins would get mad at me and Arunia about like, pump up the crowd, Angela, talk to the crowd. And it's yeah. like, shut up. No, they're all looking at me. <laughs> Why are they looking at me? I'm just going to sing and be fine. Like, I never wanted to talk, even in Rasa, they'd be like, come on, man, pump up the crowd. And my own insecurities and my own fears of what are people going to think about my own words kept me from do you doing a lot that, that I wanted to, to do. do with the fact that we sang in Portuguese and we're expected because of typically the generation that we are performing in front of is a generation behind us or two or three. And we have to feel like our Portuguese is perfect when we speak. Do you feel like it has to do with that, or just speaking in general is hard for you? Um, speaking in general, anything that was my own words that people could say, ew, that's her personality, or they could say, ew, look at her trying to be cool. Like, what if they think that I'm like, when I'm singing somebody else's words and singing a song, you can't judge me for so what I'm saying. It's so crazy that you're saying that. But, but you can judge me for everything I say in between the songs. Because like, that's what I feel on the inside, but when I get in front of it and on the stage, it's like everybody's fucking looking at me. And when it's quiet in between songs and the band is taking too long and we can't get, it's like, fuck, so start is the, the audience song, part start the, worst the song, part about music for you? and I don't know what to say to break that. It's so much pressure. And for me, I just, looking back now, it's like, oh my God, you're so stupid. Why don't you just say this? Why don't you just say this? Why don't you just say this? Because now I have a confidence that I didn't have then. But you're such a storyteller. You need to lead with that. Because anytime you bring up, like... Your mom being shot that. <laughs> and the positive when you sing that one, like, oh. when you tell those stories about your mom and, like, you, your life, like, and you bring humor to those things, I think that's when you allow us to connect with you so much. Well, so you need to hone in on that because I think that's your special. Well, I do now. Every, yeah. I mean, now, I, I really learned a lot being in Rasa because I was older. Which um, is a band. <laughs> yeah, Rasa was a band that I sang in. It was probably some of the most fun I've had in my adult life. 
I played with some of the most brilliant musicians I've ever met. People that I that I'm gonna cry because I miss them so much. Aww. But like they could pick up any instrument and just master it and play it. Like I watched Joe Amaral write music one time sitting at a table, and it was like watching somebody write in a foreign language, but like just his fingers, it, like it was like his pen was dancing on the page, and it was. I don't know how to write music. I don't know how to read music. And watching him do that just so naturally. And so it was just like, I'm just blown away by their talent. Abel, God, I miss him. He could pick up our band, guys. Are we, you guys mean a lot to us. Oh my God, I'm going to cry. Even though we were really big brands. And I know I was a shatha <laughs> and a diva. Kevin called me a diva. I really wasn't a diva, I don't think. I was... I just wanted the band to be the best it could possibly They'll be. never get it from our end. Just like we, you know, they do a lot too. But from our end, we are the front of the stage. And the passion that we have to sing is what brings the whole band together at the end of the day. We have to be the uh, front runner. Yeah, but in my case, they were the ones that gave me strength. Like, oh, of course, behind yeah. that, we would be nothing without them. Yeah, if, if I, like... Yeah, and I had really great backup singers that were super talented that I knew that... If anyone looks bad, it's us. That if I could cough or take a breath and they would cover me. Um, But I learned in Pasa how to be more confident in in being on stage, and it helped with pitch, it helped with tone, it helped with me being able to sustain, it helped with with lung capacity, it helped with consistency, and it helped in other aspects. Like when I went to go sing Fabu, singing in Pasa really helped. But... Getting that confidence is the performances you see now from me when I sing Fabu are me being me because I'm not afraid to be me anymore. I'm not afraid to tell the stupid stories about why I like songs. I'm not, you know, I say every Fabu I pick is because I connect to it somehow. Every song I sing is because I can either see myself or something in the lyrics or I can imagine myself saying those things to somebody or... I have, can imagine feeling those feelings myself. Everything is connected to me, and they're all connected to me for a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not afraid to tell those stories anymore. I'm not afraid to be vulnerable on stage and say, hey, you know, I picked this song because of just, like, Lagrima. Amalia's Lagrima. I mean, she just was in the pit of despair when she wrote that song, and I connect to it so much. Mm-hmm. And, like, what does that say? But it's... it's I would never say that to anybody before because it's so dark and because it's so sad and that I connect with it so much. But it's the reason that I think David and I perform it so well is because I just it means something <laughs> thinking about it to us. Um, so I, I gained a lot of confidence in singing in 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 Prasa, but the, the the performances you see now is just me. But really, you've been molded. And I think when we you start doing music so young in the limelight, it takes a long time to kind of grow your own identity and say, this. these are the songs I actually want to play. And now. how I want to sing them. Because you listen to the CD and you're, you're and you copying. Just, just copy. <laughs> just copy it's what a, the artist looks like. That sounds like. I'll, I'll never forget. It was like 2004, I think it was. And I went to a rehearsal with Elder Cunavigeta. And, like, I knew him because I've known him my whole life, but I didn't, like, know him, right? And I'm still, like, early 20s. But he's a guitarist. He's my my guitarist that I play with most often. Um, Plays Portuguese guitar. He plays every instrument under the sun, but he plays Portuguese guitar. And he's also the producer of my my, um, CD, and he really helped me put my vision into my CD. Um, Or my album. He's like a, a somewhat of a mentor. Oh, and he definitely my mentor. But then in 2004, he was just a musician that I was going to go rehearse with, and super intimidating. I was scared to death of him that day. I mean, like scared to death because I really wanted to impress, right? And I'm young. I'm been singing since I was 12 years old. I know. Oh, I can do this. I can do this, right? I've been listening. To you exuded confidence. I have been listening to the <laughs> CD nonstop. I'm going to go in there, and he's going to be. I'm going to blow their socks off. I sang that song, and he looked me dead in my eyeballs. Dead ass in my face, in my eyeballs. And the very first thing that he said, he goes, he's holding the guitar, right? And he kind of, like, sets it down, and he goes, he looks at me, he goes, you know, Angela, you got to stop listening to the CD. And I was like, oh, my God, he's so mean. I was mortified, because here I thought, if I try to copy Mediza, how can I go wrong? 
-hmm. And the first thing that he noticed was, no, you're not, this is not how you sing. You're trying to do something that somebody else does, and it's obvious that you're trying to do something that somebody else does. Yeah. Um, and so you got to stop listening to the CD. And that was the very first rehearsal that anybody had ever recorded the rehearsal. And then I rehearsed off of the recording from the rehearsal. And I never went back to listening to originals again. And that's how my father practices went from then on. We recorded everything, and I rehearsed from the rehearsals. And I never listened to the originals again because I don't want to be influenced and so now when you hear me sing things, everything has my own spin because I don't, you. and that's, pur- that's purposeful. It's, I you learned how to like hone in on your craft, your voice. Like, but this is, that is the, it, it's because of the confidence that I have been yeah. able to gain and the, what's the word? Not giving a shit anymore. I've been doing this a very long time. Mm-hmm. I love singing Father. I've been singing Father for over 30 years. There's some songs that I can sing in my sleep. And I am not afraid to own that anymore. I'm so happy to hear that. Because most of the time it's like, shut up. I hate I hate getting compliments. I don't know how to take a compliment. You have to I don't know how. You, you tell learn. me that I sing good. And all, you're like, oh my God, you sounded so great. Oh my God, that was so great. And all I hear in my head was, but didn't you hear the 17 times in that song that I said the word wrong or I coughed or I hiccuped or I didn't say that right or I got off well, where does that stem from? Where does that it, come it from? It stems from my need that I'm never good enough. No matter how good you think I sound, I will listen to that same recording and I will find 27 things that aren't good. That nobody else would hear, maybe that, an elder. That, I think that comes from like the Portuguese culture of like when you're young and you're, I'm a and you hear so much more flawed, people are going to talk. And so you're trying to, were, we all tried to portray this perfect little Portuguese girl that. I just always want to be better. I don't ever think I, there's, I can listen to a performance and be really proud of myself and say, wow, you did really good, Angela. But the here, 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 and here, you could have done better. The next time you do this performance, you can do it better. And that's I, not always a bad thing either. But it's it becomes bad when you stop telling yourself what you did was good. So but you could do better. Because I skipped that part. I never told myself, what you did was good. So but you could about, do better. What about the album? My album, I... 100% honesty, because here's the... Angela, if you say anything bad about the album, I'm going to be so pissed off. I mispronounced... I, I oh my mispronounced God. two words that we didn't catch that are on the album that I am mortified by. Um, there were songs that I wanted to be on the album that Elder encouraged me not to have on there that if it was today, I would have fought back and so said... do another I'm going to, eventually. Okay. <laughs> But, no, I listen to it, and it's like, Angela, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? I remember being in the studio crying. And the reason that that um, Sully Bell sounds the way it does, like I, like I smoked a pack of cigarettes, is because I cried for hours recording that song because I couldn't do it the way that I wanted to do it. So did the cigarettes give you rest? I didn't smoke cigarettes. I just sounded like it because oh, I had been crying. But it pro- Don't you love that? No! <laughs> were the tears for a reason? Tell me the tears are for a reason. I was so disappointed in myself and I was so hard on myself in the studio that that's what the song ended up sounding like because I cried so much and that's what my voice sounded like that night. That's raw. It is. But when I listen to it now... It's like you need to think of your musical career as like it's growth. Your yeah, like the way you sing that song at that time in that moment also reflects that moment in time. For oh, you. I think that the so whole album that is the rawest because so much <laughs> that day, so much happened that day. That I was struggling. I was struggling. I was struggling. And I was crying. And Elder's trying to build me up. And he's, you can do it. You can do it. I wasn't hitting notes. And crying does not help when you're trying to keep your throat good. And, you know, I struggled. And then when I heard it, and it wasn't exactly how I thought it was going to sound. Everybody said it sounded great. 
but it didn't sound like what I wanted it to sound like. You know what I'm saying? And so when I listen to it, I hear... Imperfection. I hear it's not exactly what I wanted it to be like. Yeah. I didn't want that to happen like that. I didn't want that break there. Um, but like I said, sometimes you have to listen to what other people say. And it's not always about what you think, you know. Well, that's a lot of people's favorite song on there. It's weird, so right? Maybe your opinion just does not matter. For it that does song. not. <laughs> Apparently, maybe everyone else's opinion does matter in that case. Yeah, I mean, but then there's other songs on there that pff, I had a freaking blast in the studio recording. Grand Rouge is like Portuguese rap. I had so much I'm fun doing that I've song. Danced in my living room to that song. Isn't it fun though? It's so good because we also have a folkloric back background. So we have dance and Portuguese folklore groups. Yep. That, and that, that is a lot of your, like, roots. Yes. When it comes to being Portuguese and everything. So I love that you have I some... I feel like there are, like, there's parts of being Portuguese. Like, if you think of it, like... So I dip my Portuguese foot... Portuguese spectrum. Here right. I dip my foot in folklore, <laughs> in fado, in conjunto and stuff. Like, I'm not a Suriana, so I never really got to live the carnaval life. Me either. No, I don't think that's... Bad, a, I don't but... think that's a high-five thing, because it looks fucking fun. No, it's... <laughs> Not that it's a bad thing at all, or a good thing. It's that there's not a lot of us carasas. Well, yeah. <laughs> the carnival looks fun. I get to see my friends dressed in drag and singing fun songs that have, like, plays and dramas. And it's like, you know, I didn't get to do that because we we didn't do carnival no, as, 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 like as continent people, right? They get to stay up all hours of the night and drive everywhere and yeah, do all this. And it, I mean, that. it looks like a ton of work and I'd be super lazy and the worst at it. But it looks like so much fun. So much fun. And then there's things like, um, you know, the dance group that I was in, we did dance. My, my parents started a folklore group in California before I was born. Um, and they did dances from all over California. Then when I was a kid, I from 3 to 18, I was in the Luzo Youth Council, Youth Council 16 Contra Casa. We feel good. Oh, we feel so good. <laughs> Looking at you, 16 people. Um, and I really, I mean, come on. Dancing folklore is so much fun. Being on stage with all your friends and doing, it, it is just, it was so much fun. It the, is, the dance group that ran through was so much fun. done it. Um, but there's something about Carnaval where you come up with your own skits and you have, you know, like, there's the... I don't so know. your dance group never did Musical Variety in Luzo? No, we always did dance. We never did Musical Variety. I, I mean, I would... Musical Variety. I would freaking love it, though. Like, I, I, what, is it, what are the ones called for Carnaval when they're very sad and dramatic and stuff? I have stuff? no idea. But I want to do that. I want to be like the... Ah, oh, my God, God. I don't want to do that Oh, one. my God. I kind of want to do it. <laughs> I feel I like I want to really 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 good dramatic it. actress um but then like i get to see my friend my best friend everybody knows my father mate david um and he gets to dress and drag oh, and they do this favorite groups. they do these hilarious skits and that's like, the one i want to be in like if they look so fun um i remember kevin silva silva's group i don't know which group that is forgive me but it's all guys and, I, and they went up one year and i was like i want to be in your guys' <laughs> group next year and he's like no it's all boys, boys. Boys only. <laughs> It looks it, like so much fun. It looks like so much fun. So that's like a dip. That's like, I feel like that's a part of Portuguese culture that I haven't like dipped my foot in yet. Yeah, we've almost done all of them. Yeah. That, 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 that quite that way. Mm-hmm. No. That would be fun. <laughs> we have to start out. But then we have, it's not where we're from. That's a, that's a thing from Terceira, right? Don't or they do kind of, well, I mean, I know they do kind of all like Brazil and everywhere, but I don't know. The, the I don't really know either. You, you guys. Please forgive Help us our, out. Please forgive our ignorance in the in the ways please of forgive our mainlandness. Abel, I can see Abel right now going, oh my god, these bitches are so are stupid. <laughs> David Sorry. is shaking his head in disappointment I'm, uh, right now. I'm from Alentejo background. But if anybody Roman. wants to like give me an update on how this works, like <laughs> where did I mean? I know that 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 um, that in that they have like the biggest carnival festivals, right? Or am I thinking San Juaninhas? You guys, I'm so messed up right now. I don't know. I just know. <laughs> All I know is that everybody goes to San Juan. Yes, yeah. that's the one. No, San Juan is in San Juan. It's Marcha San Juan. That's different from Carnival. Yes, you're right. So, but all I know is that Sojuaninhas is like the party place to be. Like, Pujuns go there from the States and everybody goes there to party. And my mom last weekend, she's like, oh, it's And I'm like, for what? Because it's the big festa. Wait, she's going this year? She's going. Good for her. Just 
to party. My mom is going to the Azores just to party. It's like a big, for those of you who don't know who, what Sanjuaninga is, this is like a week-long festivities where they have different bands and outdoor festivals every night, and it looks like a freaking party, and there's parades in the street and fireworks, and my mom is like down to go. What about uh, marching like in the Spirit of Sanjuaninga? I was a queen. I was a side maid. But we didn't grow up with that either. I did. You did? Yeah. I was a queen when I was, well, my mom, I think Wait, my, where, what, what part of Portugal is your dad from? My dad is from Algarve. And then your mom? My mom is from Beira Litoral, but Aveiro Ilhavu is where she's from. So both mainland, I thought the mainland, they didn't do queens and stuff. No, but when they came here, the organizations in our area did it. So, okay, okay. Like, I, growing, yeah, I was a part yeah, of it too. Growing up in El Cerrito and Oakland and all these surrounding cities, they had special speech something. We were always involved. I was a queen. I just always wondered what the American folk thought on Sunday mornings when they'd look out their window and they'd see the parade going by parade of just various queens well I can tell a quick story (laughs) about I can tell a quick story about American American people coming to Portuguese fashtish um when I was growing up I had a very good friend um and her name was April and she came with me to a bunch of Portuguese fashtish and I remember one time we went to a matanza de porco Oh, I brought some of my white friends to Totally normal for us, right? But she comes in and there's a dead pig with flowers stuck up in it, like hanging at the end of the hall with a pan at the bottom collecting the blood. And this child, you know, we're young teens, I would say 13, maybe 14. Um, She's like hysterical. Because there's a dead, she's never seen a dead animal before. Let alone pig. Let alone a dead animal that's like like on display and infeitada, infeitada. It's decorated. Like they're glorified. Right. They're celebrating the pig, so they decorate it. Right. And she's like in hysterics, and she wouldn't go further into the hall. We had to. She had to call her mom to come and pick her up. Wait, how old was she? We were like 13, 14 years old. She had to call her mom to come pick her up because of the dead pig, and I felt so bad. And then another time she she was over our house for dinner and um, I think it was her maybe it was my friend Rachel but one of my American friends and my mom sucked the eyeballs out of the fish and she leaned over to me and she goes did your mom just suck the eyeballs out of the fish and then like perfect timing my mom goes and spits out the little eyeball bone and her face was like yeah, my mom just spit out the eyeball. Oh, <laughs> my God. Sometimes the American friends, that she, she grew into it. Like, after years and years, she was, like, used to it. Yeah. Some of my um, American friends would, like, look over into the pot when they're at my house. I'm like, I know it doesn't look good. There's a I fish head looking at you. you. It looks, it's very good. I know there's a fish head looking at you, but I swear <laughs> to God, it's going to taste My good. grandma used to boil chicken feet just raw. And- oh, no. I'm scared of chickens in all ways, shapes, or form. I don't even want to look at their feet. No, thank you. <laughs> this has a name for it. It's electorophobia. It's, called, it's real. It's called growing up poor. It's called electorophobia, <laughs> and it's a fear of flightless birds, and it's real. That's crazy. They're dinosaurs. So we're talking about like, the spectrum of being Portuguese. We lost. Oh, we were saying that we dipped our feet in all the Portuguese things by singing and dip in a band and doing dance groups and stuff like that, but not doing carnaval. Do you feel like most of your identity was being Portuguese or being a singer? Yes. Do you still feel like that's part of your identity, or do you feel like there's a separation of Angela versus the performer? Well, there's always a separation from the performer, but I I've been performing since I was 12 years old. There's every single part of me is. I live and breathe being Portuguese in music and in, you know, in in service to my community and to my culture. I feel like everything I do is on the weekends. We're at the hall. We're you know, I'm a director of the Holy Ghost Society. I'm you know constantly going to festivals and supporting other organizations. So is part I would say yeah, part of my identity is just being Portuguese, but no, I separate the performer from me, I think, don't you think? Yeah. But I also think like, those moments of you on stage when you're saying funny things about your mom is also you in real life as well. Yeah, I don't really see a separation I mean. I don't really see a separation. I feel like I'm very different. I, I really have enjoyed especially my gigs at Umakaza because it feels like home that's that just watching it on film feels like you're it has such a good vibe david and i that's our house 
like Telmu has provided. Ugh, God, Telmu, I love you so much. I just <laughs> we're friends on social media. That I've never the, that restaurant and his vision to provide the Falu ambiance the way that they do it in Portugal with no amplification. With you know, sometimes we do it in the daytime because we just can't help it. You know, daylight savings and, yeah, and yeah, all yeah. the light stuff. But with the food that he serves, with the ambiance he provides, with it's in San Francisco, by the way. Yes, from a casa restaurant. Go. She will put the info <laughs> down at the bottom for you, and we will hashtag everything. Um, we are providing an experience that's as close as you can get to what you get in Lisboa. And not only because of the environment and the food, but also because of how we put on this show. Um, David and I are... I want to say, like, beyond passionate. We're, like, in love with Fadu. Like, the, we sit and talk about it, the way we feel about it, the way he feels about Fernand Ferinha, and the way that I feel I about... Oh, that's his... <laughs> he would leave anybody on earth for that man. Yeah. Um, but the way he feels about the the songs and how Fernand Ferinha sings and how he was able to express those songs, the way I feel about... You know, Amalia, Mafalda Alnar, Mafalda Arno, and those, the fetishtas that I feel like just like ripped open their souls and weren't just singing the hits and weren't just singing what people wanted to hear, but really were like, this is me. And I'm just putting it out there. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't connect to Fonda the way that you and David do. And being able to stand in front of a crowd and say, in English, because this is my, my favorite thing to do, and say, I'm going to sing this song. And I'm going to tell you what this song is about. I'm going to tell you what the lyrics are about. Because even though you're not going to understand the words that I'm saying because you don't speak Portuguese, you're going to understand the emotions that I'm emoting Mm -hmm. and what I'm trying to portray. And giving people context to what I'm trying to emote is so important because you can sing to a room of 100 people and they can see you having emotions and feelings and they can assume what you're saying and what you're thinking. But if you can give them context... And let them feel that with you. I really feel like we do, we do that well. You, you and David are, in general, very good storytellers. David does it better in Portuguese, and I do it better in English. But you need that. Uh, we are like one of we the, are Portuguese Americans. So if we fumble on our Portuguese, it's because we are Portuguese American. <laughs> yeah, but um, my professor was the Linda Avel, and she's probably going to listen to this. So I'm not allowed to speak in proper Portuguese, especially anywhere in near her vicinity, um, because I don't ever want to let her down. My, my childhood was, I would get off stage, and my mom would say something about my stage presence or what I could have done. Don't turn your back to the audience. Don't do the... And Yulinda would say, here are the words that you mispronounced, and here's how to say them correctly. Well, that's why you never felt good enough, because you were always being but they told made what you me, did wrong. But they made me yeah, better every yeah, single time. And if it wasn't for her, like, she... I owe Yulinda so, 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 so much when it comes to learning what Father was really trying to say. Angela, read the lines, mm-hmm. but then read between it. Yeah. What is she trying to say to you? What is he trying to emote? And Yulinda made me listen to fathers that I would normally not have listened to. Oh my God, this is all boring. But she exposed me to pretty much. You know what? I feel like I connect to so much in Portuguese music and have never sung in what I feel like I one day want to record. Is good coral, coral, like all in general music. That is what I feel the closest to when I'm singing in Portuguese. That is so weird because, like, your family is, like, it's probably, like, something I have in been your... singing with old-ass Portuguese men since I was, like, six years old. <laughs> like, a little kid just in the circle. <laughs> like, I literally have the suliso. I ha- like, I just have it in me. And, like, so bring it back, me. y'all. I don't... Who else is all in Already why do they have to be, do you, what, you have to be from Lisboa to sing five? No. No, but there is, like, are there rules? No, but there is a type of voz when you are singing Alanjano music, and oh. not everyone knows how to do the Lisu. But my dad still does it, and there's a lot of people that still do, do, do it, so I just got to record it one day because... You should! I don't think I've ever heard anyone in my age... 
ever seeing anything like that here. I see it happening over there, videos on YouTube and stuff. But I think that's that's the root of my music. Do right it. There. And I sang Fadu because I loved to sing, not because I loved Fadu. Yeah, I was told one time by somebody, and I don't know if I 100% agree with it, but I kind of do because, I don't know, it's, it's, it's complicated. But just singing Fadu doesn't make you a Fadishta. No. And I know it was said not in, like, they weren't trying to be mean to me. They weren't trying to say, you know, yeah, you sing Fadu, but you're not a Fadishta. But almost as if the title of Fadishta is earned. Yeah, I would never call myself a Fadishta ever in a million See, years. See, and that's something that you choose to do for yourself. But I also did that for myself. I never allowed people to call me a Fadishta until I was only singing Fadush. Then, because before that, I was just a singer who sang Fadush. Because I wasn't dedicated to Fadu the way that I am now. Um, and so I didn't like it when people called me a Fadishta then. I was a singer and I sang Fadu. Mm-hmm. And I felt like Fadishta was a title that you earned somehow. Um, Do you feel like the same singer singing in English? No. Me neither. I feel like I I, I feel like I sing in English. So stupid. <laughs> I feel like I don't know how to sing in English. Okay, you know what's hysterical? So David Garcia says that when he sings in English, all of a sudden he starts singing in an accent. He doesn't know where the <laughs> accent comes from, but he talks like this. Oh and it starts to come out like and he's not really singing in English. <laughs> For me, I think... I've been conditioned, and I went to voice lessons. I did, and everything in voice lessons, my all the years I went, was in English. But I never had to do the recitals and those, like, production things in re- because I was doing actual performances with my bands mm-hmm. and stuff. So I kind of got excused from that. So the only English singing that I ever did was just in voice rehearsals in my small, confined space. And I'm sure my voice, has, voice teachers would have told me if I sounded, you know, bad, right? But when I sing in English, even to this day in front of people, it feels like it doesn't come off of my tongue as easily as Portuguese words come off my tongue. And I don't know if that makes sense to anybody else on earth. And I get so much more nervous singing in English. It depends. If I'm singing Hamilton, I can rap you anything from start to finish right now with zero hesitation because I'm, I'm... that's how confident. But if you, like, say, okay, the band, oh, my God, lots of people are going to get this. We're going to do an American mix for IES this year, and we're going to do a medley of three or four American songs, and you got to learn them. That's, like, the biggest anxiety of my life is seeing <laughs> that the, the seven minutes that that mix is on that set list it's is always the, the same is though. the biggest anxiety it's of my life the same songs. those English songs right there you start with one of us <laughs> no 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 I'm talking about like we did um, I had to do uh, shit what's that guy's name uh, oh my god it was 2011 it was a rap song Rapper's Delight no it was shit you, you guys are gonna be like Angela it was this somebody's gonna know and I rapped it with Tony B and I'm like he's good at this shit because that fool could like he can rap anything and he was great at it me I was like the song is too low for me I sound stupid when I'm singing it I don't even know the song in real life because it's not the kind of music that I listen to and I just felt like a poser like just so Angela and I sang for cover Portuguese, Brazilian, Latin American band but you give me a Brazilian (laughs) song and I killed that Brazilian accent uh-huh. and then by the end of practice I was just all that you know either I was Spanish if I was singing all my Selena stuff or then by the end I was saying things like I see Daji and Chao and I was Brazilian depending I on I would always twist it to just like regular Portuguese because I was like I can't just do both no because sometimes <laughs> it doesn't rhyme if you do it with regular and Portuguese and there are some words where I'm like wait is that offensive to females okay so <laughs> we used to sing a song called Você é o cara and it's, Você me pisa, me machuga, mas você o quê? And I'm reading the lyrics of the song, and she's like, it's talking about he beats her, but she loves him, because he's the one. And I'm like, I've been singing this song for like six summers in a row. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> but sometimes so you like don't stop and think about what you're singing. But I'm telling you, I think some of the most fun I've ever had is, I growing up, I always wanted my own Miami sound machine. What's that? That's Gloria Estefan's band. Oh, yeah. Gloria Estefan's band was called the Miami Sound Machine. She is a huge. 
Like, and so when I started singing in Plaza, and I had a horn section, and I had percussion, and I had these musicians that knew how to play anything you threw at them, mm-hmm. I was like, I've got my own sound machine. It was a dream fucking come true, singing in that band. Yeah. We had... I agree. I had the same feeling. They were just the best. And, you know, everybody, you know, grew up... We didn't sing in the same band, no, by the way. Different, different bands, but same... Same deal. I was lucky I got to sing in three different bands with three different sets of musicians, and all three different bands taught me a shit ton of different things. Um, and then I got to sing Fadu with everybody. Uh, so many different people. With everybody. And it took you so many places. And then uh, performing for the dance groups took us to, like, every Portuguese hall you could think of. Yeah, but I think my teenage years took me to every Portuguese hall I could think of because I could get to the Buhawk Hall with no map and no map quest in 1996 with my cousins, all of us crowded in one car, like with no with no problem. I don't know. Specifically getting to Thornton, like in a friend's car. I don't know how I live. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We would drive to like Buhawk. I don't even know how far away that is, but like between Buhawk and home, we would stop at a Denny's, maybe a Lions. You know, how to be a Lions? Remember yeah. Lions? All my cousins used to work at Lions and Hayward. And we, you know, eat French dip sandwiches in the middle of the night and come home. And, you know, our parents had no problem with us coming home at 4 or 5 in the morning. But if I went to a football game where I was with American people, I had to be home by, like, 9. We moved to Dublin when I was 5 years old. So I went from Union City, California to Dublin, California. So I went to, like, diversity to... White people. I remember being in the real estate agent's car, like, to look at the house. And I saw, like, nothing. (laughs) And I'm like, where are we moving? Like, it felt like the farm. Well, yeah, because Dublin was nothing back then. It was nothing. There were no malls. No. So then, all of a sudden, I'm minority because my first language is Portuguese. All all, Portuguese is spoken in the house. Then when I started kindergarten, the the night before, I came back from Portugal. So I'm coming to, (laughs) I didn't even go to preschool. I started kindergarten coming from Portugal for the past three months. So that's how I started school. And I thought, they put me in ESL, because the question they asked me was, what language do you guys speak at home? And I was like, Portuguese. I'm like, she needs ESL. But they, you understood the question yeah. in English. Yeah. I was like, well, yeah. I definitely graduated out of that very quickly, but. My mom tells a story that I think is hysterical, that my mom went to school and she was asking um, about my brother. You know, how's he, how's he doing? Or... Yeah, how's he doing? And she's like, oh, you know, his English is great. And my mom's like, what? And he's like, he thought that my parents didn't understand or speak Portuguese, I mean English, so he would tell his teachers that, no, they don't speak any any Portuguese or English. And so my mom went to school one day, and she was like, so how's Paulo with his English? And they're like, he speaks perfect English. I don't know what you're talking about. But it's because he never spoke it at home, because he assumed that my parents wouldn't understand. So he spoke English great at school. Wow. Spoke Portuguese great, spoke English great, and then my parents had no idea that he was speaking English because he never spoke it at home. And he told the teachers, my parents don't speak English. Like, I'm five, it's fine, we can translate, I'll translate for you. (laughs) So here we are, like, foreigners, basically, in Dublin, which is kind of a, like, newer, upcoming town. And we were submerged into, like, the American culture so much. There was no Portuguese hall in our city. There was nothing. Luzo was there, but... Yeah, they had their offices in Dublin, probably because it was cheap back then. Yeah, so... What fashion did you guys go to when you were younger? Anything in Hayward? Hayward. Because my parents were in Union City, and all of our cousins were Hayward, San Lorenzo area, so... And the Cabistuge was right there. and C Street were our main halls. The San Lorenzo Hall was right there, too, though. Yeah, I mean, my cousins all played in the Philharmonica and the marching band Mm -hmm. for them, so... But it was flagged. I was asked to carry a flag. They made me wear a white pleated skirt and white pantyhose and white shoes. Me and, and I my cried. sisters knew. <laughs> we wanted no part of that. We well, didn't care if it was a I flag wanted, or anything. <laughs> I wanted to hang out with my cousins Victor and Pedro and like so bad because they were like they were the cooler older cousins, right? And they were in the marching band and I was always with you, Linda. So what was a way to get me to carry a fucking flag, right? But like after one parade, maybe two, it's like I'm not doing this. Like, do you I see? thought I was gonna love being a side mate. That was gonna be the best thing that's ever happened to me in my life. I left with being a side mate. Well, because my mom wouldn't Who let was me. The queen? Be, my mom wouldn't let me be queen because too many parades. We we don't even do that. She said we don't even know anything about that. We don't do that. 
you know, we're from Olentejo, we don't have that. Like, we don't even have cows, we have pigs, okay? <laughs> so, it just... How old were like, you when you were side mate? Uh, like, 13? Elena um, was the queen, and then Celestia was the side mate. So that, that's when I first <coughs> had my first, like, Portuguese friends, besides my cousins and, like, people around my family. Mm-hmm. That was my first exposure to like Portuguese friends and kind of growing up teenager and so Celestia her brother married my sister so from like 12 13 years old being the side maid it like hello literally like my whole life is different because of that moment I became like best friends with Elena and Celestia and then I met I met all my other friends which then turned into me getting to know people in Upper Portuguesa and the dance group and then all of our families and people from the dance group all joined together, crazy? married each other, and this and that. And some of the best friendships I've ever had came from that dance group. And then meeting Portuguese people led me to being in bands and babysitting people's kids and being bands. Well, the band thing, too, people knew my family. I have, what, six drummers? Something like that. <laughs> six, six drummers in my family. We have all kinds of musicians and singers. So I think I was really the only girl though that did music in my family me too i was the only girl that's the only girl i have a brother all boy cousins yeah and i remember my dad asking me i was 19 when i first started in a band in otra banda and my dad said what do you want to do with music and i said i just want to be in a band just sing and i had um aj simoinch Mm -hmm. He was one of the first people that really, like, taught me how to kind of, like, be a singer. These, This is your job. This is your role. This is what you have to do. Typically, the singer makes the set lists, and you have to know all the lyrics, and I'm commander, right? But nobody told me that. I, he had me, he would pick the songs I was going to sing. I didn't pick the songs. And he would have me go home, and it was on a tape, and I would rewind, and I would play write down the words, and if it weren't for Portuguese school, then I wouldn't have ever known how to write or read in Portuguese. And my Portuguese is not the best. I understand everything in Portuguese, and when I'm not nervous, I think I speak pretty well. But the fact that I could read and write in Portuguese, I would say I'm pretty close to fluent. It's just I get nervous when I talk. And the Bojnoz and all that is what's hard. Portuguese is one of the hardest languages you could ever learn. I say it all the time. I get atropellada on my words, which means like I get tripped up on my words. Because I feel like sometimes I'm thinking in English and I'm trying to translate and speak at the same time. And then sometimes I'm thinking in Portuguese and I'm trying to get it out at the same time. Um, But I get like, everything starts get so excited or it gets everything just like is all jumbled and on top of each other my Portuguese never sounds like clear but then again I go back and I listen to myself speaking in English and sometimes it sounds the exact same way yeah um but I get I'm much more nervous speaking in public in Portuguese than I am in English I would rehearse what I was gonna say in between songs at home yeah I didn't just I just didn't talk in between songs that's how I fixed it <laughs> literally <laughs> 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 I hope you have a great time and then bye bye <laughs> and then we're gonna take a short break I'll be right back and then that was it that was all I wanted to say and now it's yeah, like it's I have like a little little with fathers it's even worse now I hear elder in the background ding 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 like literally trying to start the song and I'm like but let me tell you 17 more stories about when I was <laughs> Jean Cardedeo helped me a lot with my pronunciation. Me too. He was the one sitting next to me in the studio telling me how to pronounce words. That's why when we listened to the final cut, and it was something that I didn't notice until like three years later, or maybe even four years later, that I mispronounced two words. And if everybody missed it, it must have been a take that we didn't think we were going to use, or something that, and I'm just, the opening line on a song, and it's just like, fuck. If anybody's get listening to this and getting their first impression from me, they're going to hear that. Okay, shut up. You're already doing it again. But <laughs> it's... You think... It was you, just a miss. I just... Wait, I... Do you still do that? Do you still feel like every time you sing, do you feel like, I did that wrong, I did that wrong, or I didn't do it perfect? You, you've let go a lot of that, right? You have to. Mm. I'm nicer to myself. I'm kinder to myself. 
but I never, no, I'm not satisfied. Well, that, that also is what makes you an artist, right? Like, I don't ever want to be if satisfied. If you listen I don't to, to, like, I don't ever want to listen the to The evolution myself. of any artist, they've only, hopefully, progressed gotten and gotten better. I don't ever want to listen to myself and be like, oh, yes, I've done it. I like, when I think of, like, Anamora, she started very traditional with her fadush, you know, covering a lot of Amalia, doing a lot of, like, the favorites and stuff. And, and now, she has such a cool vibe about her. And yeah. she's become her own identity. And so you, you've grown as an artist in that sense, too. Yeah, but I think that Anamura goes home and listens to her albums and says, I could have done this, I could have done that. I yeah, we all do. So I think normal. everybody would have done it. That's normal, but you just have um, to love yourself a bit more. because I've been kinder to myself. Yeah. I've been allowing myself to um, really appreciate what I did and listen to a performance for what it is and not for what it could have been. Um, and that's something that... that, that that helps, I guess. Elder and I talk about this a lot, about he's older than I am, obviously, and he's still in a place where it's never good enough. And we're like, is it ever going to be? No. And I don't think it's ever going to be. I think there's always going to be the need for me to want to do something better, for me to want to try it again, for me to want to do another take, for me to, you know. Well, when you get more mature... (laughs) You're going to listen to some of that that stuff, and you're going to be like, I was so young, like, oh, my young voice, like, what up, you ever look back at yourself, and you're like, shit, I was so fat, and you, back then, you were like, oh my god, I'm so fat, I'm so fat, and you look at your pictures of yourself now, back then, and you're like, Jesus, what was I complaining about, I I look fantastic, it's the same thing, you know, you're so hard on yourself, and then, ten years from now, you're going to go back and look and be like, damn, you know, for who I was then, I did great, 